Today is another episode of the What is a Campus Pastor podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm glad you're here. We got a great interview for you today. Uh, also, a different category of campus pastor that we haven't talked about yet. The pastor we're talking to, his name is Alfredo at Sandals Church, and he is an online campus pastor. We get to talk about what does it mean to really have an online campus? Is this just the digital expression of your church or can true community be had? How do you do baptisms? What do you do with communion? All those questions will be answered in this podcast. So again, if you know someone who's an online campus pastor or if you are one of those dual roles where you're a campus pastor and also doing online stuff, we, this is the episode for you, all right? Alfredo's a great guy. I love Sandals Church over in Riverside, California, and he has a lot of great insights for you. But before we hear from Alfredo, subscribe, share this with a friend, and give us a voicemail. We want to hear from you. At the end of this season, we will be doing your questions. We'll be answering your questions um, based on what you ask us. We want to put your voice in this podcast. And so a lot of the pastors that, are going to, that have been on the show are going to answer those questions, but we want to answer the questions that you actually have. So share your questions with us, and at the end of the season, we're going to hear from you. All right, here's Alfredo. Talk to you later. Bye. Hey, I am so excited to be here um, with um, a friend of mine. Last year, when I went on this tour, I have a buddy named Justin Knowles, who was my youth ministry uh, one of my youth ministry best friends, I, 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 I've been able to work with him for a number of years. And, and as I was going on the sabbatical trying to meet campus pastors, I asked Justin, I said, hey, who is a campus pastor at your church that I absolutely have to get coffee with or something? And he mentioned this brother right here. And so I'm excited for you to meet him. Uh, bro, introduce yourself. Tell us about your, your church, uh, the, your, your campus specifically, and, and how long have you been over at, uh, at Sandals? Tell us about it. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm Alfredo Ramos. Uh, I go by Fredo. It's nice and easy for people, so I don't get called Fernando or Alberto or whatever else I hear at times. Uh, I've been at Sandals Church uh, as an um, campus pastor since about 2017. I've been on staff at Sandals Church since 2015, and uh, currently I'm the uh, the online campus pastor. And also immensely humbled that Justin Knowles said to you, "Hey, hit up Fredo." So. Which, by the way, Justin Knowles has got an incredible mustache. So, Justin, if you're listening, I'm always impressed by that mustache, man. Monday through Sunday, that thing is ready to go. So, <laughs> Justin is the man for sure. Hey, yeah. uh, when, when I met you, you were um, a campus pastor at a physical location. Correct. And since then, you're now on, as an online campus pastor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I was a yeah. uh, campus pastor at Sandals Church, Palm Avenue. Uh, which was like kind of one of our centrally located uh, campuses. It was a uh, still a significant size campus. We had five services, uh, three in the morning, uh, two in the evening, and then we've uh, now just had uh, three in the morning and one in the evening. But yeah, and so now I'm the the online pastor, um, which is yeah, which is which is pretty great, man. I've I've been enjoying doing it a lot. So, can you give us some logistics here in terms of the model that you guys have? How many locations do you have? Is it a, as a campus pastor, do you have video venues or is there live preaching at the campuses? When you were at the physical location, um, were you preaching at the campus? Were you preaching at the, the broadcast campus? And then um, I'd be interested to know both when, when you were at a physical location and now online, 
um, were you over your staff or was it like central is over your staff and you just have like a pastoral relationship with them or are you like their boss at their campus and what does that look like online so i threw a lot of questions at you but logistics yeah so we'll take it a little bit at a time yeah so our multi-site model uh functions primarily with uh streaming the the main sermon from our lead pastor uh so sandals church if you don't know is led by pastor matt brown he founded it uh, over 20 years ago with his wife tammy and they uh they are incredible uh, beautiful leaders i love them both dearly and uh, we primarily stream his sermons. Um, I say primarily because we've kind of moved now into a, a season where in each sermon series that we're in, the the campus pastor will do at least one live sermon there at their particular church campus. And so they're now teaching about, I don't know, like 25% of the series, depending on how many sermons are in that particular series, you know. So at least one time every several weeks, the campus pastor is up. Uh, what's kind of unique about my role is that in addition to serving as the online campus pastor, I'm also on the teaching team. And then I help kind of uh, generate the outlines, the sermon outlines, collaborate with the campus pastors, and then they get distributed to all of them. And so I kind of sit in a unique position where I get to both, yes, steward the online church, but then also uh, help help drive some of the teaching, the content behind the sermon series, and then also equip our campus pastors with those outlines, because on the weekends, let's say where it's not a, a video venue kind of style with just the stream sermon, uh, all of the campus pastors who are teaching live are teaching the same shared outline, right? So anytime you open up the church app, it'll be the same outline, regardless of where you're at, uh, you're getting the same outline, but delivered kind of in a, in a really unique embodied way that's true to that particular campus pastor, if that makes sense. So. It's a, it's a great kind of way to express a little bit of collaboration, some autonomy for the CPs, the campus pastors to get some some teaching reps in, but then also the predominant uh, preaching voice is our lead pastor too. So, Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, and well, then, tell me, yeah, tell me about the, the staffing. The staffing. Yeah, tell so yeah, staffing. Staffing, staffing next. So yeah, when I was at Palm Avenue, the physical location, um, I was over my staff. So I had uh, what we call a campus operations lead. Um, he's now an associate pastor, um, which is which is pretty cool to see happen. Uh, in addition, we had a youth lead, a kids lead, uh, and someone for some time who was doing like guest services, so a lot of the hospitality needs, um, and they oversaw their own kind of volunteer teams. And so as a campus pastor at that location, I was directly over my staff. Then they would have like kind of dotted line support from like our larger network team that would resource them, equip them, um, and just kind of protect that alignment with like the larger church and what we're doing collectively. Um, but yeah, at that time I was over my team. Now in this role with the online role, the online team is structured a bit different because there is the digital media side of this group, right? So what, what we kind of call this department now is DMOC, D-M-O-C, which basically stands for digital media online campus. And so I'm both the online campus pastor, but I'm also like just shepherding the, the uh, DMOC team but there's no specific direct lines. They're, they're all pretty much dotted lines. Um, I might at different times give directives and things get, to get done, but they all have other managers that they report to on, on the team. And so in this way, it's kind of enjoyable because it really frees me up to primarily pastor connect with uh, people who are reaching out to us from the online community, um, serve our online volunteers, connect with givers who are contributing to the online work, right? And maybe they're not able to be 
uh, at our church physically all the time. And so I, I'm able to provide like a pastoral resource to them, given where they're at uh, geographically, but also given where they're at, like professionally, you know, if their job kind of has them traveling a bit or whatever the case is. Right. And so because I don't have a direct staff under me, it kind of frees me up to yeah, just pastor and then also help uh, drive a lot of the content that we're also producing um, as a digital media team. So it's it's kind of a, yeah, it's a unique thing. And when I transition, what's crazy, Frank, so it's a long answer, but when I transitioned to the online campus pastor role, our church organization had just merged the online campus team that was already existing with the digital media team because there was so much overlap in the work they were doing. And so it's, it's been a pretty cool thing to see both of those, both of those teams co come together now as one and then collaborate well with the, with the same kind of vision in mind. So it's dope. Uh, I want to ask you a couple more questions about online, being an online campus mm -hmm. pastor and online campus. But before I do that, I'll, personally for you, you said you were, you, you were at Sentinel since 2015, you became yeah. a campus pastor 2017. So what got like, what got you into being this role of a campus pastor? It's not something that a lot of people usually seek out. Were you asked to be in this role? Did you want to be a campus pastor? Were you forced against your will to be a campus pastor? How did you become a campus pastor? <laughs> and, and tell us how that all came about. Yeah, so eventually, the, you know, there was this meeting in a dark room, and our lead pastor came in and said, no. Nah. But uh, no, part of uh, part of me coming to Sandals, I, I think uh, our lead pastor, man, one of his great gifts is like he, he's really able to like understand people well. And I would say in our first interaction together, he, he would tell the story like I looked like I was so bored in the interview that I didn't want to take the job that he was about to offer me. But I think my face was just straight because I was just kind of taking in everything he was sharing. But I think initially I was coming on to kind of just oversee our young adult ministry. But I think in our lead's mind, Pastor Matt like had a vision that I would eventually be a campus pastor. I just didn't know what that would look like. And it's crazy because the only way we linked up was because his his daughter at the time, who was a student at the high school I was teaching at, was a student in my Bible class. And so she would go home. So she she likes to take credit for, for bringing me on the Sandals team because she's like, yo, Dad, you got to meet this dude. He's my Bible teacher. He's pretty cool. And so he hits me up like, hey, let's connect. And I'm thinking, oh, shoot, maybe I said something like heretical in class, you know, to his daughter. Like, so I'm about to get reprimanded or whatnot. But uh, it was like the exact opposite, man. He was immensely gracious. He had only kind things to say. He's like, yo, I want you to come work for me. Let's, like, let's do this thing at Sandals Church together. Uh, would love for you to oversee our young adults. But there's also more in store that I have, uh, which related to the campus pastor role. So it was something certainly that was like offered to me. And I was really curious and struck by it, you know, because I, I think it's a unique model. Some of the backstory was, Frank, I came out, I came out of helping plant a church uh, in L.A. in the area of Studio City. Um, and that was about a year of work leading up to the plant, another like 10 months or so in. Uh, some life things happened that actually kept me here in Riverside, which is where I live and where I pastor. Uh, so I wasn't able to make the move out there with my family. But um, yeah, so I kind of came out of a, a urban city kind of church plant and I wasn't really sure what I was looking for next. I was a high school teacher at the time, but um, there was something about this role that like I just I couldn't look away from, you know, and so jumped into it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So, you know, in 2019, if you're sorry, rather 2020, mm -hmm. if your church wasn't streaming your services online, you got on people everyone got online like you know mm -hmm. uh, 
everyone started streaming, and then the conversation. I knew churches that would say they would never have an online campus started talking about now having a online, online global campus. campus or whatever. And I think that frontier was very, very much like the Wild West because no one really knew <laughs> what that meant. Uh, it confused people of like, what does online volunteers look like? What does an online committed member look like? And, and all these like different questions and, and can you truly do ministry online? And so I guess, I guess twofold question is, is what are some of the complexities of being an online campus pastor and having an online campus? And, then, and, and, I, and I think this would be helpful for you to define like what's the difference between an online campus and simply having just like a feed that goes to Facebook, Instagram, maybe uh, some sort of proprietary program. Like, what's the difference between just having an online feed that you're showing your stream on the internet versus a true online campus? Yeah, I would say uh, a few things that we would say try to that we try to distinguish ourselves in terms of what we're doing as an online campus. Right? Would be we want to encourage people to participate in the sacraments in the way that a church would in an embodied local environment. We also want to see believers uh, baptizing other people who are coming to the faith, right? And so we try to provide avenues to do baptisms, uh, whether we're going to someone or someone's coming to us, or we uh, have someone who is a part of the Sandals Church online family, and they have someone who they're leading to Jesus, and so we equip them to baptize them, right? And so there's certain practices, the ordinances, if you will, that we would say we're trying to engage with that would distinguish us just from being kind of a online platform service that basically says here consume this content and learn something about jesus right and so there's 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 the the use of the ordinances i would also say we're trying to continue to develop uh environments where discipleship can happen whether it's through online groups uh whether it's through other formational practices that we think are critical right like if a disciple of jesus is following jesus and that means that they're embracing his lifestyle his way of life and so we try to provide ways through online connections with people to help them also embrace those ways of life so that we're seeing our larger audience, kind of this ecosystem of people, if you will, not just kind of consume a weekend message, but move beyond that to, okay, let's watch these things on prayer. Let's watch these things on why uh, you need to be in community. Let's watch these things on uh, a life of generosity or curiosity, right? So there's, there's other kind of content that we've produced um, that we believe is a bit more geared around discipleship for our online audience that we think will help them take steps and really close that gap of discipleship that I think would distinguish kind of an online campus from just a, a general audience right now, of course, like, I'm not going to be foolish here, Frank, like we are serving an we are serving a vast audience, right? Anyone who scrolls across the IG feed, YouTube, TikTok, whatever platform we're on, it, it could be a general like person who's just kind of taking it in. But we're also trying to produce content and connect with people in a way beyond the weekend service that kind of is a model of discipleship. And so what does that look like if someone wants to get baptized or someone wants to have communion? Is that something that you provide the communion elements? You tell them to buy the elements? Do you tell them to go to a local church if they're not local? Like how, how, how does those sacraments work out practically if it's online? Yeah, so we, we work in um, – communion moments into the weekend service from time to time where uh, I'll be leading them through. I'll encourage them to get, yeah, uh, bread or juice or whatever elements that they have available to them. Right. Um, anything. I think, I think there's some liberty there in terms of what the meal looks like, what the communion meal looks like. Right. 
And so I just pastorally lead them through that moment that they can watch and participate. Uh, with baptisms, we've had people drive to us based on where they're at, because like they're going to be in town or whatnot. And they they understand like we just did a baptism and it was talked about either from the sermon or from the weekend service. And so they're like, hey, I want to be baptized. And so we kind of go through that little process with them, um, just connecting with them, interviewing them on that. And then for like performing the baptism, connecting with them. Um, if it's someone that maybe is like known through another person who is a Christian, who is an identified follower of Jesus, who has been baptized, then we equip them to to uh, to baptize them. Right. And so the believers baptizing new believers is a great, great picture of discipleship. And, and so we try to we try to open ourselves up to, to modeling that as well. And so, you know, maybe there's three people who are in Milwaukee or whatever, and they're watching and, and one's a Christian and one's getting ready to get baptized. Like, well, let's let's equip the person who already is baptized to baptize their friend, you know, and uh, yeah, support them however we can. So, you know, one common, uh, you know, one unique thing about being a campus pastor, it's very priestly. It's very much with people. Yeah. And and not as much of like the behind the scenes and you know there's definitely administration there's definitely like you know working with teams and building that up but like it's it's very much you with the people and so in an online context how does that look like are you just constantly on zoom are you constantly on phone calls like (laughs) what does what does pastoring the online campus which i would venture to guess with the reach that your church has is probably larger it's probably one of the larger campuses in terms of numbers of people engaging like you're probably your largest campus. So like, what does pastoral care look like in that setting? Yeah. So I, I try to do what I can from my role to like make proximity feel very like close to anyone who's watching. Right. And so now what is required, Frank is like, someone's got to be able to say like, yo, I'm watching and I would like to connect with pastor Fredo. Right. So we are pretty much limited to people's responses. Like they got to respond at some level but um, what what one of the things that looks like is just honestly being directly available email like let's set up a call right let's set up a Google Meet whatever the case is we have a family who um, is in Australia where they're actually considered a Sandals Church anywhere which means uh, this, this is something we launched through 2020 which is where like essentially like a house church is modeled and so they open up their home people come into their home and they all watch service together they share a meal. They process the sermon together, right? And so it's like an it's like a, a group that meets, but they actually watch service together online. We call those Sandals Church Anywheres, and we have those kind of scattered around both the the U.S. and internationally. But like he he and I were on Marco Polo yesterday, right? He's in a different time zone, and so we're just catching up on Marco Polo. He's sharing his life. I'm sharing mine. Uh, they're getting ready actually to fly out to California next month, and so we're just kind of making arrangements on connecting with them, right? And so it's. Honestly, Frank, like using any and available tool uh, to my discretion to help to help connect with people, give them a face to see, you know, that moves beyond maybe like a monthly email or a weekly devotional that goes out, you know, or something like that into like a just a real a real caring kind of pastoral moment, you know. And so, um, yeah, it's pretty astounding what you can get done over a call with someone, you know. Now, I would say the challenge in this pastoral is that these are all controlled environments and what i mean by that is like let's jump on a call and say hey frank walk me through your spiritual disciplines bro how are you doing how's your walk with god how's your inner life how's your relationship now like they can give me controlled answers because we're on a screen right it's a little bit different than if we got in the car together and we drove to like a restaurant or 
we were playing hoop somewhere, right? Like it, in those uncontrolled environments, you get to see that person interact with other people. You get to see them in unexpected situations. So you get a more unique perspective when you're in uncontrolled environments, right? And so I would say unique challenge to pastoring people online is how do I step into more uncontrolled environments with people so that I can see how they're actually doing or what they're actually up to, you know? Because to some degree, what I'm working with is limited based on what they're actually willing to share over a phone call, over a screen like this, right? And so, um, yeah, it, it's learning to kind of discern what's the what's the best question to ask, you know, but also to play the long game and the discipleship journey with them, you know, and um, to, to not feel as like you can't do anything in this online role. Like, that's just simply not true. You can certainly do something, you know, so. That's great. That's great. What, what is, um, in, the, in the general sense, um, what is something that you love about being a campus pastor? Oh man, you, you actually just hit it on the head when you use the word priestly. I think that's a unique office that the campus pastor gets to play, you know, based on the structure of your larger church organization and the multi-site model that they've somewhat have adopted. Like you, you do get more capacity to actually just pastor people, to shepherd people in the more obscure moments. Right. I think, I feel like, and, I, and I'm praying that the, the movement of God right now is breaking us away from platform-driven moments into more obscure, ordinary moments, right? And I think campus pastors, because of our unique role, get to have a lot of obscure, ordinary moments with our people that are very priestly in nature, right? And uh, I think that's a beautiful thing. I love to be able to do that. Um, I love as an online campus pastor, bro, I'll get an email from someone that said, yo, a friend sent this sermon that you did or Pastor Matt did. And like, I had never been to church, but like, I couldn't help but finish this. This is crazy. Like, I would love to connect. I'm kind of new to faith or like I'm wrestling with it, you know, or you said something that I'm really like trying to work through. Can we connect? Right. I love hearing stories, Frank, of like how people find a sermon or a clip or like it's just it's just wild man like even my own brother-in-law recently told me like hey man like my cousin randomly found your sermon on youtube and like has started watching now like it's just it's nuts bro because it just reminds me of how present god is and in all the ways he's already working right and i think for a long time we've treated evangelism as taking god where we think he isn't and I think a healthier way to see it is like meeting God where he's already at work. And in the online role, you get to you get to meet God where he's already at work. You know, like you get to just kind of follow him and watch the spirit shed light on these areas where God's doing um, small hidden things, you know, in people's life through through their phones, through YouTube, whatever the case is, you know. And so I think holding the tension together of being hopeful while navigating a challenging space like the online world is really, really critical but it makes for it makes for uh, a decent amount of joy in my day and my week you know when i'm attentive that's it like how attentive am i going to be to god this week you know when it comes to my role so as a pastor looking for a ministry job is hard every church has different processes and different timelines when you're looking to hire someone and looking for great candidates as a church is even more difficult You'll get dozens, if not hundreds of resumes, and it's hard to cipher through all of them. But what if I told you that chemistry staffing is here to help you with both? Whether God is calling you to begin looking for that new ministry opportunity, or you are a church trying to hire some folks to fulfill some different positions, chemistry staffing is here to help you land at the right church or to land the right candidate that will last in your church for a long time. 
I really love chemistry staffing. At Practically Pastoring, we have brought chemistry staffing in to speak to our pastors, to learn how to interview better, to make better resumes, and to have good hiring practices. And I have sat on both sides of the table with chemistry staffing. I've interviewed for churches through them, and their team was really helpful, not just representing the church, but asking me poignant questions to discern if that church was even right for me. And my church has been and is currently using them to hire various positions within our church. We hired our current lead pastor through them, and we're now looking to hire a new worship pastor as well. Side note, if you are a great worship pastor and want to work in sunny Milwaukee, Wisconsin, apply and come work with me today. They're great to work with and will help your church answer the questions you need to not just get the candidates to apply to your church, but get the right person at the right role that will thrive in your context. If you want to use chemistry staffing for your candidating process or want to see if chemistry staffing is a good fit for you, go to the show notes and click on the link and set up a time to talk with them today. If you use the link in the show notes, it will help me and help this podcast. But if you click the link, you are also helping yourself and your church make the church hiring process just a little bit easier. Check out Chemistry Staffing today. Hi, everybody. This is Andrew Larson. You might know me from Practically Pastoring, which is one of the other, I don't know, dozen or so podcasts that Frank lends his voice to. If you've ever listened to our little show, you know that we spend a whole lot of time making fun of Frank, not because we don't love him, but because none of us actually understand what it is that a campus pastor does. So we're glad that you're listening to this show. But I also want to encourage you to check out Practically Pastoring because one of the things we discuss time after time is the importance of not doing ministry alone. Practically Pastoring is a great place to connect with other pastors who are going through the same things you're going through, understand what day-to-day ministry life is like, and it's also a great place to make fun of Frank. We hope you'll check it out. You talked about a little bit of some of the challenges of, on, of being an online campus pastor and an online campus. You know, a common challenge of conflict amongst campus pastors and multi-site models is either like communication, advocating for your campus, feeling yeah. like, you know, the, 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 the broadcast campus are getting all the resources, maybe tension between central services and campus-specific things. What is a... Uh, the, when the, what's the biggest challenge right now that you're facing as a campus pastor, either in the organization of the church or just in the role itself as you're ministering with people? What's the? I think it's, I think it's helping the people move away from sporadic church attendance and podcast consumption as their primary description of what it's like to follow Jesus. And I think that's true whether you're just online, kind of watching a church somewhere or you're trying to attend physically. Like, I think we have a lot of similar challenges where the discipleship journey is um, somewhat hazy for a lot of people, right? And uh, the just the beauty and wonder of embracing the lifestyle of Jesus, I think is still a bit lost, sp- particularly here in the West where we've kind of just compartmentalized some of the teachings of Jesus with the American way, you know? And so I think a, a major challenge is recovering a view of the kingdom that is like vast and grand and big and beautiful that allows people to yeah embrace the whole life of jesus for themselves whether they're connecting with me digitally or or uh you know also in in a campus 
Um, I would say too, like you, you kind of touched on the tension of like trying the, the, the whole church movement versus what my campus needs, you know? And so I think the challenge is how do we cultivate enough spaces with internally as a staff and as a pastoral team where those challenges can be shared, heard, and then acted upon on a regular basis. Right. And so, um, one thing I appreciate about our team, the, the way that we model it, a lot of the campus pastors, we see each other pretty frequently. And so that that space just allows for us to share a lot of what's going on, collaborate, learn from each other, and then allow those who are overseeing us to understand the, the work that's happening. You know, the one thing that our church also models is that every person on staff serves somewhere at a local church. Right. And so, like, even if you're not on a campus team specifically on the weekend, you're at a campus serving. Right. And so you can't help but have even your network role, or if you call it central services, whatever they might refer to it as, like you can't help but have that role informed by the work you're doing on the weekend at a campus. And so you see the needs that the campus pastor is talking about, right? And so it's it's the discernment of the leader that has to say, okay, God, what am I sensing that my particular community needs? And how can I contextualize the overall work that we're doing as a church to to make it happen in those particular areas, right? And so... Um, that that's a huge thing. Um, but also, also, I think just like there's a sense of shared ownership. Like if Palm Avenue is doing well, we're all doing well. If San Bernardino's struggling, like we're all struggling. Right. And so there's a sense of like it don't matter what church campus we're looking at. We we want to see all of us move in the direction of health, you know. And so we we talk about that often. And I think just having a lot of face time with our executive team. Um, with our executive director who oversees the campuses, like is really, really healthy. And, and it allows for that, that collaboration to take place so that, yeah, we can, we can execute what we need to do. And at the same time, feel like we're a genuine embodied campus wherever we're located, you know, so. That, that what you said about the um, central service people making sure they're serving in some capacity at the local campus level is such a brilliant and simple idea that almost <laughs> seems like, it almost seems like shocking that like that's not intuitive for all multi sites, right? Because it's like yeah. the it's almost like the um the the seminarian who doesn't actually serve in the local church and so they have these like oh bro you know prideful, arrogant perspectives of ministry <laughs> that's not connected with like embodied ministry. And so then they're like have a a, a harsh reality when they first get to a church and they're like Mm -hmm. Oh, the theory, and then there's this actual application of the theory, and it's not mending right, and you have to learn that over time of like what does actual ministry look like. I feel like when you're in, if you're in a central service place and you're not actually in the if you're just an attender on Sunday, but you're not actually like serving a real capacity, you can be like, well, why doesn't the campus just do what I want to do? And they're not actually seeing the tangible aspect of that. That's beautiful exactly. though, that like you have folks serving because now they'll be like, well, Fredo, I get what you're saying now. So maybe yeah. this is how we can contextualize it for your campus or for the camp. You know, like that's that's really cool. That's really helpful yeah. you know, in a way to solve that kind of big problem between the tension between central services and campuses. Sometimes that's really yeah. good. We also have an operations pastor. He's an incredible dude. I love this guy, man. Very, very much a go-getter. Very much a driver. Uh, hails from Texas and uh, was served, served on the mission field, but he really is in his role to resource all the campuses. And so one of the things he brought to the table was let's create uh, Tuesday engagement meetings. So every person on our staff is at a and at an engagement meeting based on whatever campus they're at. And so even if your network and you do something else within the organization, 
Tuesday mornings, you're with your particular campus, any meeting with your campus pastor, reviewing the weekend, reviewing community groups, reviewing people who are taking steps in our discipleship journey, right? And so like you, you are there, like you're bought in, right? And same for our online team, like our online team has its own form of engagement meeting. And people who are obviously on the online team are a part of that. Others also join in on that too, but it helps put a lot more uh, skin in the game, whatever you want to use as a phrase there, but it really does help close that gap so that you, yeah, you see yourself as a vital part of what we're doing locally and also, you know, globally online. So, so good. Um, what's a piece of advice you would give to a campus pastor right now who's in the ministry, maybe struggling, maybe it's fine, maybe a little complaints or whatever. What's a piece of advice for them to just be the best campus pastor they could be? Man, I would say continue to protect your inner life um, and the ordinary things you do. I realized uh, in this role that like we work towards the weekend, right? Like you build up, build up, build up Sunday, and then you start to work from the weekend. Like a lot of work trickles out of like what happened. And so if you're not like attentive to that, like you constantly go up and down, up and down, or up, and it's like Sunday is going to continue to come. So if you don't have rhythms that are protecting your your inner life with God, your abiding in Christ, right? Your your days of rest with your family, you're going to find yourself in a cycle that's just ugly. Um, it can lead to a kind of cynicism where you feel like you're just managing uh, a venue space, right? For people and you come in and you say the same thing at each service and then they all leave and then you just prep for the next weekend. You're worried about numbers, you celebrate numbers, you're mad at the staff because someone got upset and they missed the tithe, whatever it is, right? Like you, if you don't have an inner life that is rooted in the love of God for you in Christ Jesus, um, that is experiencing what Paul talked about in Ephesians 3, the height, the width, and the depth of, of Christ's love for us, then it, it's going to really leak out in, in the performative end of what you feel like you got to do as a campus pastor, you know? Um, and so I would say the, the inner life is crucial. Cause I'm not going to lie, man, Frank, there would be moments where I'm getting ready to host that, you know, the third song is coming, coming to an end and that welcome. And I would say to myself, am, like, am I okay right now? Do I, do I believe these things? You know, like, am I going to just get up here and say the same welcome statement to just another packed room of people and just be disappointed by who I don't see in this room based on who I do see, right? And so there's so many ways that our own thinking and feeling will get at us, so many ways the enemy wants to get into our mind. And so in inner in life, it's critical, man. And 2020 was, you know, for a lot of people, wake up call, like that's kind of how it's referred to in some ways, right? But it, I think it was because it, it started to shed light on a glaring idol in the American church, which is productivity, over prayer. And I think, um, the inner life is so crucial for the campus pastor, you know? And, uh, yeah. So I, I guess I would have that. So I love that. I mean, I think, I think, uh, if you've been a campus pastor at any point, I think that tension of getting on the stage and being like, am I just a robot just regurgitating, you know, the same yeah. welcome statement, these, these two or three announcements that were told to me to give like like uh it's just it's a, it's an interesting feeling and i think yeah. if, the, if it's not tied to a growing personal relationship with christ um you you know the, the ongoing joke by my other podcast and practically pastoring is that uh a campus pastor is just an mtv vj you just go on the stage <laughs> and be like 
that's a great video. Up next is communion, yeah. right? It's like oh, it's like man. and uh and like being an MTV VJ seems very soulless <laughs> and like robotic. Yes. So like imagine yes. imagine that as a pastor. And so like that's very good what you said though. It's like without a you know, having healthy spiritual practices and prayer life and and connection with the Lord privately, you know, good healthy habits, like it could become soulless and robotic and you need yeah. that connection to the vine. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. The other thing I what, remember, sorry, one me. last thing on that was, uh, I remember reading Eugene Peterson in his book, the contemplative pastor. And he even talked about like, it's, it's, it's not wise. He would say to, to assess the spiritual health of people of your church only on Sunday. Right. Like he, he would talk about you, you have these kind of just surface level combos with people on Sunday after the service. And it's like hard to tell and measure, okay, what did I do effectively as a pastor today? Like I took in a few prayer requests, some urgent needs were addressed or at least heard about, you know, but one thing he said that I thought was so wise, man, Eugenia talked about in a conversation with people, you're just trying to subtly and simply draw their attention to where God is at work in their life, you know, and, and to not feel like you got to answer all of their questions. You got to expedite their sanctification. They got to be ready to be a head volunteer for you next month because Easter's coming, right? So like they got to figure out this marriage issue real fast so they can be a great volunteer, right? There's like all of these pressures I think we feel when we're on the patio, when we're in the lobby with people because like this is our moment with them. And Eugene was talking about just going slow and just drawing attention to where God's at work in their life. Bless them, be attentive to them, help them take steps in their discipleship journey. And then you keep it moving, bro. You got you to keep it moving, you know? Cause I felt like I was stuck in this trap, man. We had three services in the morning, every 90 minutes. Right. So I'm like, all right, good to see you, Joe. I need you to move your car. Cause I got six trying to get that spot. Right. Like, so it was, it, yeah, it's just, oh, it's a, it could be a real thing, you know, if you don't have these other things in place. So that's, you know, that, that's really good. What you said, you know, we talked about uh, how in preaching, we often feel like that every sermon needs to be like a home run, grand slam. Like it needs to be big. Yeah. But, you know, if you have 52 sermons in a year that these people are intaking, sometimes, and if not most of the time, you don't need a home run. You just got to get on base. You just need a yeah. single, right? And, <laughs> that'll uh, preach, and like, bro. That'll preach. yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, that's okay. Like, I don't think the Lord is requiring every sermon to be that viral clip that's going to go no. crazy. Yeah. And that's going to like lead to mass revival. Like, I think the, the common thing in our, in our, as pastors in the place of our people is to just get on base, to help move that needle. And so even in like our mm-hmm. pastoral care or in those, uh, lobby, you know, connection moments. It's like, it's that, that someone doesn't need to like confess crazy sin and ask to get baptized every single Sunday. It's, yeah. I, I love what you said, find that moment of God. Let's, how can we get on base right now in this conversation yeah. and then put it there and then we'll talk about getting on the second base next week, right? Like, yeah. I love that kind of perspective because I think you're right. As a campus pastor, I've even heard, you know, all your pastoral, um, presence on stage is in that five minutes of announcement so make sure you tie it to stories make sure you put your info you know your personal like, oh. you know all this kind of, yeah. all this like pressure of like your total what 10 minutes on stage on a sunday morning has to convey this that leads to people talking to you afterwards it's like lower that pressure because your role mm-hmm. in that person's life is hey what if we can just help you see the goodness of god in your life right now 
if we need exactly. to connect later, we can connect later. I love that. I love that that kind of attitude. I think lowering that pressure a bit for the campus pastor is helpful. Um, oh, so think good. about think about when you first started as a campus pastor, or maybe you first started as a online campus pastor. What's something you wish you had known before you got into this role? Oh man, what's something I wish I would have known? You know what? I wish I would have known up front that Sunday is not the only marker for spiritual health at a church. Um, because if Sunday is, and you'll have amazing Sundays, you know, feel like you're the best freaking pastor, like the the West has ever seen, you know. So, or on other days of like, this is all, this is all just tanking, man. What is going on? So I wish I would have known and believed in my heart up front that Sundays are not your only marker of the spiritual health of a community, and that would have alleviated a ton of pressure up front to make it this incredible thing right and and kind of embrace the long game with people's life these are real people coming into your church building what a gift to know them to introduce yourself to them and to serve them however you can you know and to to primarily view that we can experience as just a way to fill a spreadsheet and mark certain boxes with green yellow or red based on how well you're doing is just a sad tragic way to view things you know and so I think there's a there's another way that I think God invites us all into. And I, I wish I would have known that, you know, but Frank, I think even part of your desire to get this podcast off and available is like, there's just not a lot of history in our role, right? Like you can't look up campus pastor in church history, bro. It's pretty recent, you know? And so there's just not a lot out there, but it's a, it's a model that I think a lot of churches have seen some health, some success in. And I think it really fits some some guys who are wired to be a pastor and feel called to be one. And so, um, yeah, it's it's a unique role, but not a lot of history there for us to lean on. I think the shepherding is there, no doubt. But um, there's other parts to the role that I think we're still trying to navigate. And, yeah, I think that's one I wish I would have just heard and embraced up front early is Sunday's not the only marker for spiritual health. That's, that's good, especially in a lot of multi-site churches where the campus pastor and I think all the roles at a campus is often being pressed for metrics and goals and numbers. And it feels very much that like you're just trying to meet certain metrics and, and, and benchmarks and things like that, that we forget that the whole point of this is people ministering to people and guiding people on their spiritual journey. And the benefit of a multi-site church is that we can reach more people with more resources a little bit more efficiently than being a single site church. And I think we lose that sometimes because we often feel pressured by these benchmarks and goals. I love how mm -hmm. you said, like, if you're just looking at your whole ministry based on the highlighter of the spreadsheets, then like you're, it's going to tank you spiritually. It's going to mm -hmm. take you, take you morally. Right. So, yeah, uh, that's so helpful. Uh, Fredo, if someone wants to reach out to you, connect with you, uh, what's the, how, what's the best way to, to, for them to talk to you? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm on Instagram at Fredo-Ramos. Uh, um, you can find me at sandalschurch.com. Um, anything Sandals Church related on YouTube as well. Uh, we do a lot of content on sandalschurch.tv, which is like uh, it's kind of a discipleship platform that we use. Um, yeah, that, that's the best place to find me. So ironically, I'm not on Instagram too much as the online pastor. I've been, I've been enjoying like somewhat of some summer months away from the IG and it's been uh, it's been a bit refreshing, but I, I will be I will be active on this. So yeah, happy to connect with anyone. So awesome. Well, bro, thank you so much for coming on, giving us your heart, and helping us 
better understand what an online campus looks like. Also, helping us understand how to be a better campus pastor. I appreciate it, man. Love you the time, bro. Thank you so much for the invite, Frank. Good to see you, man. Appreciate it.